put it in the pew. He said, I know where you're preaching from today. So turn to Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to have to change that pretty soon here. Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to begin reading in verse 15. And as we talked about with the kid being a role model, we're going to look at today about how learning to be an imitator. Not the wrong kind of imitator, but the right kind of imitator. We're looking at how to regain our purpose. You know, we've lost so much. Uh, I was telling Ken back there a little bit early, I said, can I hug you? I said, I'm getting tired of this. I said, we're losing our love as a church. We're not able to love and hug and shake hands. And I said, we're letting the devil steal so much from us. And we've got to regain our purpose. We've got to regain our love. And if we work real hard at it and focus our attention on God, it'll happen. Matter of fact, the theme verse in Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you says the Lord, their plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Amen. He's got plans for us. Did you know that? God, the God of heaven's got plans just for us. I don't know if you remember in your younger years, you may have heard statements like this uh, from your parents, one bad apple will spoil the whole bunch. You heard that? Yeah, you know, uh, taught you not to hang around the wrong type of people. Or maybe they looked at you and maybe you didn't make too good of a grade on the test or you misbehaved and they looked at you and said, I wish you could be like so-and-so. Well, that's kind of like saying the same thing. Be an imitator of somebody that's good. And that's what we're going to look at today because humans are imitators, good and bad. Children, they dress up like their parents. And as I said, heroes, when they get to be adolescents, uh, they change their hairstyles and their dress and wanting the material things that all their friends has got. When they get to be adults, they want to keep up with the Joneses. And I don't even know many Joneses, but we're always wanting to keep up with the Joneses. As Christians, uh, we want to imitate people. We want to imitate lifestyle, music, things like that. Even church buildings are imitators. Did you know before this church was remodeled inside, it looks just like Hollis Chapel, First General Portland, Cave Mill, Springfield. And you know why? They all had the H.S. Jenkins look to them. He designed each and every one of them, and they all looked alike. Well, we may look alike, and we may even dress alike, and we hopefully will even act alike, but let's act like God more than anything else, all right? Uh, let's learn about how to be t imitators of God. Let's pray again, and we'll begin reading. Our Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word today. Open our hearts to be able to receive the things of your word that we'll live it out, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Philippians 3, verse 15. You know, I've only got a few verses to read, and I hadn't done this in a long time. Would you stand, if you're able, in the honor of the reading of God's word? Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, were two we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example." For, as for many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, even weeping, that they're enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in the shame, and who mind earthly things. You can be seated. 
Verse 15 opens with three words, let us therefore. Now, if you remember what we preached last week, we, reached, we preached about pursuing the prize that was before us, getting to know God more, being able to have more of that personal relationship with Him. And we covered uh, a little bit of an explanation about pursuing the prize, how we need that close and intimate relationship with God. Today, I want us to take a threefold look at being positive imitators. And that will be number one, to be like my, be mind, the mindset. Let's do it that way, the mindset. Number two is the method. And number three is the misleading. So we'll have the mindset positive. We'll have the method positive. We'll have the misleading, which is negative. First of all, the mindset. He begins with, as many as be perfect. Anybody here perfect? Not according to our definition of perfect. We are not perfect. But in the biblical definition of perfect, it means the matured Christian, the person who has studied, who has worshipped, who has been pursuing that prize that we preached about last week more and more, advancing from the milk of the Word to the meat of the Word. In other words, they have developed a spiritual mindset. They're growing in their knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, who He is, what their relationship to Him is, how they can depend upon Him. They're growing in that closeness to Christ Jesus. Now, here's my first side reference. Side reference number one, part of it's on the board. It's out of the NLT. It's Hebrews 5, verses 12 through 14. You have been believers so long that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the very basics about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Now, there's nothing wrong with milk. There really isn't. You give me a good muffin, blueberry muffin, I want a glass of milk to go with it. You give me my uh, pinto beans and turnip greens and cornbread, I want a glass of milk to go with it. It's part of my diet. But I do not live on milk. Now, we had a baby that was born two pounds at Vanderbilt Hospital, and for a long time, all that baby could take was milk. But, you know, if she's just had her 40th birthday this week, I can't believe my baby's 40 years old, and I'm only 45. But, you know, I can't believe she's only 40 years old. She's already 40 years old. And you know what? She advanced from milk a long time ago. Uh, we need to advance from milk. If you stay on milk as a human for long periods of time, you will become malnourished, you will become sickly, you'll be susceptible to disease. And did you know if you stay on the lesser milk of God's Word a long time as a Christian, you will be sick, you will be now malnourished, you'll be susceptible to the traps that, G that Satan sets in front of you. You will have some problems. We have to advance from the milk 
to the meat of God's Word. We've got, now what milk is is like this. John 3.16, we know that, don't we? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's very simple. If we've been in church any length of time, we've heard that so much, we can quote it by heart. As a matter of fact, but you know, some people, that's all they know. So, how many of you remember the card class? Are you as old as me? Oh, come on. Surely somebody's old enough. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. The card class was, we didn't have a lot of teaching materials when I was a kid. So everybody ages 3 through about 10th grade or 12th grade was in a card class. The card class was a little old card about that long. It had a picture of Jesus and something Jesus did in front of it. And on the back it had a couple of verses of Scripture and a couple of paragraphs describing that. And most teachers do would take that card, ask anybody got their memory verse, most of us kids would raise our hands and say, Jesus wept, because that's all we knew. And, and she would go into that card class and she would read word for word what that card said. Wasn't a lot of explanation. Wasn't any application. It was just a neat Bible story that was taught to children. Some of us haven't got beyond that. I mean, we get John 3.16. We know God so loved the world. But we've not advanced to Galatians chapter 6 where God says put on the whole armor of God that you'll be able to stand. We have to advance as we go along so that we'll grow in the Lord that will be thus minded, that will be perfect, as he said here. So he said, let us be like-minded or perfect-minded. Then he goes on and said, unite with that, in that mindset together. He said, be thus-minded meaning that we mature Christians, we should come together. And then if one heads in the wrong direction, we are what he just said, otherwise-minded. So there are those that's mature-minded, like-minded, and thus-minded. You don't want to be thus-minded, okay? Thus-minded are those that have lost track. They've gotten off of track. They, they, they've went their own way. So he says, pray that God will put them back on the right track. Pray that he will reveal this to them that they need to be on the right track. That's what God needs to do for us. Sometimes he just has to pick us up, show us which direction we're going, turn us around, and put us on the right direction because if we keep going the way we're going, we're going to head toward destruction. So he wants to make us head in the right direction. So we need to put all of our effort that we can trying to stay on the right track. And then he says in verse 13, nevertheless. Now that word nevertheless means as a matter of importance, since we've grown beyond that mild carnal stage, that milk stage of Christianity to become spiritually minded. He said in the words of the King James, we've already attained, which means we're succeeding in our grasp of knowing God better. We're succeeding in our grasp of living for him in a greater light than we have. And then when we've got that mindset just right, when we're like-minded, then we become people of action. Notice what he says next about walking in the same path. He says, walk by the same rule. Do you know what the rule for Christian living is? It's not the general Baptist doctrine of faith. It's not even necessarily what your mom and daddy taught you. The rule for Christian life lies in God's Word. God's Word is a rule book. So therefore, we are to 
follow the rule book. We got to mind and walk by that same rule, one for another. Did you know that if a person says, well, that's okay for you, but it's not okay for me? Or they say, well, that's not really what the Bible tells me, but that's okay if that's what you want to do. Can I tell you, we've all got the same rule book. A house divided against itself in Matthew 12 says it cannot stand. We mind the same thing to be Christ-minded. Mind it. That's the reason in, in, in uh, Romans 12, verse number 1 and 2, he says, I beseech you or beg you, brethren, that by the mercies of God you'll present your bodies a living sacrifice, whole and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then he messes it all up in that next verse when he says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That, our mind tells everything about us. <coughs> when we look off into the world around us and we see something that we know is wrong and we take it in through our eyes and we begin to play it over in our mind, the next step is it will come out in an action. Whatever comes from the heart and goes through the mind will come out in an action. So he's saying don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the right kind of mindset that creates the right action. So that's the mindset. Now, let's go to the method. We want to see how this is done. Beginning in verse 17, he tells us how to do this. To be imitators. Verse number 17. He said, first of all, to be followers together of me. Now, most of us would look at somebody and say, please, please, do what I say and not what I do. In other words, don't follow me because I'm just human. I'm going to make mistakes. Can I tell you that all of us are human? And all of us are going to make a mistake. But to clear this statement up of be followers together of me, I want to go to a side reference number 2 out of 1 Corinthians 11, verses 1 and 2. He said, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I have delivered them to them. In other words, he said, I want you to imitate me. I want you to follow me. But the only reason I want you to follow me is because I'm following Christ. Now, if I'm not following Christ, don't follow me. But he said, if I'm following Christ, follow me. Am I perfect in, for, in the perfection idea of the world? No. Am I perfect in the eyes of God? I'm perfect in that I'm back forgiven. But I'm a work in progress, and I will be till the day I die. God will not be finished with me until the resurrection. So I'm following Christ. And, you know, we imitate. He said, be followers together of me. There was one church had a problem. Some of them stood up, and they said, well, I'm a follower of Apollos. Well, I'm a follower of Paul. And they argued about who they were following as an example. Now, I know as a pastor, he's put me here to be your example and to lead you. But the, you don't come here and say, well, you know, I'm a follower of Brother Robert. He was here before you, and he's a lot better pastor. Huh. 
Well, I'm a follower of Brother James Turner. He was here so long. You can't help but follow him. No, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow them as they follow Christ. It's a lifestyle that goes on, imitating God. And then notice this right here. Mark them. He said, mark the life-minded. Mark them, number three, who walk so as you have us for an example. Do an examination. Do an examination as you mark them. Does their lifestyle line up with what they're saying, how they're living? Uh, does their values line up with the values of God? Does their money, the use of their money, line up with the way the Bible talks about the use of their money? What about their words? Do their words match their living? Keep your eyes and your ears open, and when you find somebody following Christ, mark them. Follow them. See what they're doing and do it the right way. So Paul said your method needs to be my method only because I follow Christ's method. Okay? So he said, follow me. Follow me together, being united, and mark them that follow Christ. Next is the misleading here, beginning in verse number 19. There are those who mislead. You notice what he's calling them? Enemies of the cross. Now these folks would never never stand up and tell you that they're enemies of the cross. That wouldn't be their words. They would not come openly out and admit that they're against the cross of Calvary. But their falsehood, their lifestyle, their words will might tell you different because they might be leading. Paul says, I'm weeping. I'm crying because there's people like this around. I mean, do we weep because a brother or sisters in Christ is hurting? Do we lead because, do we weep because somebody's left the path of Christianity to follow something that's wrong? Do we cry? Does that bother us? <laughs> Good enough for them. No. We need to be weep. Paul says, I weep because of this. And it wasn't a selfish weeping. He was weeping for the people here. And who are these enemies of the cross of Christ? Let me go to a side reference number three out of Hebrews chapter 5, beginning in verse 12. Then said Jesus to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There's three steps in here from these words of Jesus, these very few words, that tells us about one who is seeking to know Christ better, who relies on the cross. Number one, he says, they must deny themselves to surrender our will to his will. That's what he's talking about, denying ourselves. It's a sure sign of misleading when the message is all about themselves. It's a pure sign of misleading when the lifestyle a person lives is against the lifestyle that Christ taught in the Scripture. So we must first deny ourselves. Put our, It's kind of like this. We've, we've, got a, we've got a throne in the middle of our heart. And it's the person that we worship. And most of the time, sitting on that throne of our heart is us. And what we have to do is take us off the throne of our heart and put Christ on the throne of our heart. In other words, take ourselves off of being a number one and put God, Son, Jesus Christ, there's a number one. He says he must deny himself. Then he said, number two, he has to take up the cross. In other words, he's got to surrender his life or my life for his life. Another sure sign of being gone astray if I have not surrendered my lifestyle to his lifestyle, if I'm not following the teaching and examples of Christ. Then number three just comes right along with it. He said, then follow Christ. 
mindset, motivation into action, uh, another sure sign that they're following Christ when they're not following fame, they're not following their selfish desires, they're not following money, they're not following recognition, they are following Christ. Now, the enemies are this. Thoughts about the enemies are this. He said they're enemies of the cross. So ask yourself this. Is that person that claimed to be so holy, that person who claimed to be so spiritual, is that person preaching or teaching or practicing prosperity? Now, the reason I say that is Jesus never once preached and he never once taught material prosperity. Matter of fact, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. All right? He's not against money. He's against the worship, the idolatry of money. Then number two, ask yourself, did that person preach, teach, or live the goal of accumulating wealth? Jesus taught very clearly, you give Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give the government what belongs to the government and give God what belongs to them. That'll tell you pretty clear right there if they're enemies of the cross of how they follow their wealth, their money. Then number three, ask yourself this. Did Christ practice a life of ease? Did he just lay around eating grapes and figs all the time? I mean, you know, that wasn't his lifestyle. He said, my will is to do the will of his Father. A few times you do find Jesus at, you know, getting away to pray and spend a little time along. But most of the time, he's right out there in public. He's preaching and teaching. He's doing the will of the Father. Then ask yourself, did Christ lay up treasures on earth? You know, actually, he said, lay up in your treasures in heaven where uh, moth cannot eat or rust cannot harm. So this for threefold step he gave is continuing. Keep denying yourself. Keep, fake, you know, taking up the cross. Keep following Jesus. And then watch who you imitate. Make sure that deep down inside, they're not living a life that shows that they're an enemy of the cross of Christ. Paul said, have the right mindset, follow me, be thus minded, use the right methods, follow me, not their teachings, follow mine because I'm following Christ. Don't be misled by their words and by their actions and by their life. And as an ending, I'm going to give you a test. You like to take tests? It's fill in the blank. I know I like multiple choice, but this is fill in the blank, okay? According to verse number 8, you got your Bible open? 18, I mean, look at verse 18. You can answer these questions. Number one is this. These enemies of cross of the cross, their end is what? Destruction, it says in the King James, yeah. Uh, they have an end of destruction. It said whose end is destruction? They're going to suffer for their lifestyle, okay? Number two, it says their God is their what? Belly. That means they they have an appetite for worldly things and for not spiritual things. Number three, their glory is their what? Shame. The reproach they bring against the cause of Christ. Then number four, their mind is on what? Earthly things. You heard it said that they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Well, most of the time, we Christians are so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. So we need to change that a lot. The trouble is not that they're so heavenly minded, but they are, they are actually too earthly minded. Now, here's your take home. You say, you got ready to finish? Amen, I'm about ready to finish. Here it is. Take home is imitate. 
the godly people in your life. Imitate them. Watch them. See if they're following Christ. If they're following Christ, then you follow them like they're following Christ. Then number two, watch out for the enemies of the cross, the ones who will make you think they're following Jesus when they're not following the Lord. Check out their mindset, what they're thinking, their words of the Bible. Check out their methods, how they're living up to the words of the Bible. And then check out if there's any misleading there that will take you down the wrong path. Give everything they do line up with the Word of God. That is being an imitator of those that follow the We trust that God has blessed you with this message from His Word. Each week, these sermons are made available in video and audio formats. If you want to watch our weekly sermon and Sunday School videos, you can find them on our YouTube channel. Just search in the search engine for Portland General Baptist Church. Subscribe to the channel and be sure to hit the notification bell so that you're notified when a new video is posted. For audio, you can subscribe to our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and others. You can also find these audio recordings on our website, free to download. Just visit www.portlandgbc.org. That's www.portlandgbc.org. Until next time, stay safe and may God bless you.